previously on Tubular Teens with Titans, with Harbinger out of commission after absorbing the full-world anvil blast from the Guardians' combined weapons, Erailed and Hira are left to their own machinations. Meanwhile, the Guardians' quest to recharge their depleted technology leads them to a hidden alien craft. With Gaia's advice, the teens tap into the mysterious source and rush to battle the magma squid attacking Dragon Cove. Before the Guardians can launch an attack, Erailed activates a device that causes the monster to grow to gargantuan size. The kaiju-sized cephalopod slams two enormous tentacles onto the waterfront as onlookers either stand frozen in sheer panic or run off screaming. The multicolored guardians stand transfixed by the sheer scale of the challenge in front of them. Johnny D sprints away from the monster and makes his way over to a limping Reginald and scared Desdemona. Desi, come on. We do not want to be squished. All right, kids, it's time to get moving. Death by Giant Calamari is not on the menu today. Johnny D and Reginald lift Desdemona off the ground and the trio scurry away from the carnage. The two get Desdemona to her car and fear-stricken, she stares out her saviors. Get in! Sorry, Chiquita. I'm not leaving my truck to be smashed by Squidzilla. Desi, just go. I'm going to film some footage that we can use for a report. This is going to make us famous. Are you serious? You could die. Who would I go to homecoming with if you die? Are you seriously going to risk your life for a food truck? More like sacrificing my food truck for other lives. Mr. Thaddeus, are you interested in being a big damn hero? I'm no hero. I'm a nobody. I just want to film this thing and get famous for it. All of us start at zero, my dude. All you need to do is make the right decision to become a hero. Now, I need you to get the liquid nitrogen from Sunday Bloody Sunday and the abominable snow cone man and bring them to my truck. I'll see what Derek Recall has. What are you planning, Johnny? A devilish smile creeps across Johnny's face before he wordlessly turns away from Reginald. The pair set about their tasks as the Guardians approach the imposing beast. Do we have a plan for this? I don't remember us discussing kaijus in our morning sessions. 
I would like to point out, you all laughed at me when I suggested giant monster protocols. I didn't laugh at you. The square cube law did. Granted, that typically applies to creatures with skeletal structure. So I should have specified we prepare for giant cephalopod attacks? We'll add it to the list after we take this thing out. I've always wanted to fight a giant monster. Of course you have. Do we actually think we can kill this thing? It's the size of a building! Let's not worry about killing it. Let's just get it to go back to wherever it's from. Time to hit it hard and fast! Flame Hammer! The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Wind Chakrams! The law is typically the vulnerable point of squids. We should aim there. Earth Shield! Do you know what happens to a squid when it's struck by lightning? Let's find out. Lightning Lance! Let's combo this thing! Platted and Druid, pinball attack. Knight and Sentinel, we're gonna give Tempest a try. Aqua Sword! The green and red guardians run towards their gigantic target. The duo quickly dive to separate sides as a giant rocky tentacle slams down in between them. As the molten appendage begins to rise, small, sizzling pools of lava remain. I may not be a super brain, but won't hitting a lava monster with fire be less than effective? That's a pretty bad hypothesis. I think Nobanite is right. We just need to force it back home. You ready? Batter up! With a quick 360 degree turn, Jay flings their shield at Benny as hard as they can. The vine-colored disc is an emerald blur as it heads towards the Red Guardian. Benny, holding his warhammer like an oversized baseball bat, takes a mighty swing and redirects the shield at their monstrous target. The now flaming shield slams into the jaw of the magma squid. The creature flinches back for a moment, but remains undeterred. Uh, that could have gone better. Jay places their hand to the ground and forms another shield before replying. <sighs> Let's hope the others fare better. You ready, Sentinel? Hanuel takes the usual projectile chakrams and places his fists at the center of the two rings. The chakrams begin to rotate around the young hero's wrists before he raises his arms above his head. The spinning intensifies as a small cyclone begins to form above him. That's our cue. Knight, let's cook this thing before it hurts anyone. A blast of icy water from the Blue Guardian's Aqua Sword turns the Pink Guardian Cyclone into a miniature hurricane filled with icicles. Electricity jumps from the tip of the Black Guardian's Lightning Lance to combine with her teammate's efforts to manifest a fully charged Tempest. On three, one, two, three! Ah! Forcing his arms forward, Hanuel projects the artificial storm into the approaching kaiju. Shards of ice rip into the dark, glassy eyes of the magma squid as electricity dances across its rocky flesh. The beast shudders and then falls limp. As the tentacles of the giant beast fall to the ground, Hanuel falls to his knees. That was intense! You were amazing! You just threw a hurricane! 
There's a reason they call me Storm Sentinel. It'll work. That is one unconscious monster. How are we gonna move this thing? Do we just leave it for the government? Oh, come on! We need to use the world anvil. Everyone, on me. Is there time? This thing looks pissed, and I'd rather not get tentacle slapped. We don't have a choice. I don't have it in me to whip up another hurricane. The five armored teens begin to assemble their combined mystical weapon. Jay's new shield latches to the ground, and Benny connects his fire hammer to act as a cannon. Let's go! Hurry! Look out! His tentacles are causing seismic events! The Guardians dive out of the way of a torrent of lava that erupts from the mouth of the Magma Squid. I told you we needed to work on getting that done faster. Monsters aren't going to care how cinematic things look. If you know a way to get mystical lay energies to match harmonics quicker, I'm all ears. We need to come up with something bigger. All we seem to be doing is pissing it off. At least if it's trying to kill us, it's not attacking the city. I, I have information that can help. Gaia, are you okay? What's with your voice? I have been able to integrate more with the command center and systems. Our updating. I know what you all need. You need your titans. Titans? Giant mechs that Guardians pilot. Han ejected the Titans when we broke Earth's atmosphere to save them from the impact. They hoped they would survive, and it looks like they were right. Oh, if I wasn't staring down a 30-story lava-spewing cephalopod, I would have a million questions right now! Questions later, after we take down the monster. How do we get the Titans here, Gaia? You need to enter the source. Usually, Guardians train to handle this, but there is just no time. Just know there is a possibility that you can get lost in the source. Isn't that Johnny's truck? Uh, shouldn't he be driving away from the monster? Johnny, stop! The brightly painted food truck speeds past the Guardians and careens towards the raging magma squid. Johnny leans out the driver's window with a broken spear in hand, a mixture of excitement and determination on his face. I'm demoniac. I am madness maddened. Thus, I give up my food truck! Johnny leaps from his truck as it crashes through the railing and slams into the face of a monster. After a brief explosion, Frost begins to crawl over an eye. The beast recoils from the frost before slamming back into the water. Holy shit! Did, did he just spear the monster with his food truck? I blame myself. I turned him on to Melville last week. It looks like he gathered liquid nitrogen and made an improvised frost grenade. How does Johnny know how to do that? Let's not look a 
gift frost grenade in the mouth. We don't know how long it's going to stay down. That really isn't a concern, Nova Knight. Time works differently in the source. If all goes well, you should only be gone for just a second of our time. And if it doesn't go well? Let's not worry about that. You each need to enter the source and form a connection with your Titan. I don't know what you will face, but it is a test of character. Stay true to yourself and you'll be fine. Five portals rise from the ground, each corresponding in color to a guardian. Okay, see you all on the other side. Benny stumbles out of a ley line portal and finds himself in what appears to be an endless rocky desert. Surveying his surroundings, all that the young hero can see is a large blazing red sun and what appears to be a lone mountain off in the distance. Uh, okay. What am I supposed to do? Hello? Hello? Please don't tell me that I'm lost in the source. I thought Gaia was just joking about that. I do not want to spend all of eternity in a desert. Spinning around in frustration, Benny strains his eyes to see if there's anything on the horizon with him. Ugh, fine. Calm down, Benny. You're gonna have to think your way out of this one. I know I have to find something that's going to help me connect to a Titan. And the only thing here is that mountain. Hmm. If this was a D&D campaign and I was Bobby Humongous, that's where I would head. Benny starts out towards the large rock structure on the horizon. He is startled to find that the walk that should have taken him hours was completed in mere moments. I know I haven't been walking that long, but this place is magical, so nothing's going to make sense. Okay, I'm at the mountain. What do you want from me now? The giant red sun beaming down on the hero expels a single beam of light to the top of a massive rock formation. You've got to be kidding me. That's going to take me forever to climb and I don't have any equipment. There has to be something else. Benny turns to walk away from the mountain and as he takes a stride, he finds himself immediately back in front as if the mountain switched places. Oh, come on! Quickly turning again, he is met once more with the rock structure, this time directly in front of his face. Uh, fine. I guess I'm going up. Jay steps out of a portal and finds himself in an endless meadow with a lone boulder a few yards away. The sunless, cloudless sky slowly changes hues from light blues to darker blues and back again. Oh, this is unbelievable. I barely wrap my brain about the fact that I get to use instantaneous teleportation. Now it appears that I've been sent to another plane of existence. 
the young hero walks a few strides around the boulder and stares off into the distance. This landscape extends into all horizons. And this doesn't seem to be the hard light holograms from the command center. Really wish I could have brought a notepad or camera. Maybe this is like a dream and I can manifest them. This is what I get focusing on the hard sciences and not giving psychology more of my time. I know I read something at some point. Say it three times? No. That's Wizard of Oz. Ooh! What do we have here? At their feet, the young hero observes an ant colony transporting food in a long line. The ants walk from the tall grass and disappear into a mound at the foot of the boulder. Good to know I'm not the only one out here today. Good old industrious Lazius Niger. Working away, carrying food and starting a small fire. A fire. Jay excitedly kneels down and watches as two ants work in unison to start a small fire from dried grass they were carrying. A tiny plume of smoke floats up as more ants come to investigate. Quickly, more and more ants start building fires until the area has a dozen miniature bonfires burning. This is impossible. The ants have begun to build huts and, oh, sweet Cedar, they're domesticating beetles. The rate they're developing. Oh, they'll have cities in just a few minutes. What is it about this place? Is it a, a chronal web with all of time existing simultaneously? Or maybe it's a paranormal reason. I know I'm supposed to be finding my this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Maybe, maybe I'll just stay until they develop the combustion engine. Or, or maybe fight. You know? <laughs> Scarlet finds herself in complete darkness as the portal closes behind her. She stands uneasy on a solid floor, but with no light, she hesitates to move. Come on. That's into the void? Of course it's me. Why wouldn't it be me? I'm sure Hanuel is probably dancing on a cloud or something, and I'm stuck here in nothing. What does this have to do with electricity? You think there'd be a light bulb or something? In the distance, Scarlet sees a small dot of light, and as she watches it, the light begins to multiply and draw closer. She hears the crackling of electricity draw closer and closer and braces herself for whatever may come. Opening her eyes, she finds herself surrounded in an electric forest. Frozen lightning reaches from the ground in varying heights. The unsure teen slowly moves around, avoiding the electric forest. I guess this is 
better. At least I can see where I'm going. Reaching out towards the lightning trees, Scarlet stares in amazement as small shocks of energy jump to her hand. <sighs> she presses her hand fully to the bark of the tree, only to be met with a strong zap. Climbing electric trees. If I was a titan spirit, where would I hide? I, Gaia said these things were huge. So you'd think it'd stick out, huh? Little spark. I see you. I have been looking for you for ever so long. Okay. That was unnecessarily creepy. Um, I'm here now. Can you come out and say hi? Where would be the fun in that? You need to come find me. Crawling from the endless dark ground, a small ball of hueless electricity sprouts. The ball rolls towards Scarlet, stopping a few feet from her. The ball morphs into a large cylindrical beetle. The glossy blue-black shell is covered with small pits and grooves. Six legs have sprouted from the shell, and a large horned maw extends from the head. Find you? No, I don't have time for games in Narnia. I have a real life and death situation happening back home. Not what I expected to hear from my avatar of spontaneity. Don't you have tiniest inkling to explore this world? <sighs> Under normal circumstances, I would be all about exploring this van painting come to life, but my team made a plan. And I'm gonna do my part. Planning is the most destructive thing in the world. Through spontaneity, we are reformed into ourselves in our explosive freedom. We create a moment that frees us from the ended framework of expectations. You know this. I can see it in you. Are you a planner or a doer? It's such a stupid question, in my opinion. I mean, how do you know what you're going to do until you do it? The answer is, you don't. I think I am, but I... How do I know? I swear, it's a stupid question. I just go with the flow. I knew that I would like you. Awesome. Now that we're friends, why don't you help me and my friends fight a monster? Once that's done, I'll gladly be the Christopher Robin to your Pooh Bear in this thousand-watt forest. The small electric beetle begins to scurry back and forth before circling around Scarlet. The pulsating insect disappears into the woods, its pulsating light growing dimmer as it moves away. I have been waiting longer than you. I came first. Then yours. Scarlet rushes after the glowing insect, wary not to bump into any of the electrified plant life. 
Hanuel grasps at the air as his portal disappears, and he begins plummeting downwards. Tossing head over heels, the teen tries in vain to gain some semblance of control. Come on, Hanuel. Slow down your breathing. Focus your thoughts. Hyperventilating isn't going to help you. I need to slow down, or at least stop tumbling. The pink-clad teen forces his arms and legs outwards, forming an X with his body. He slowly stops tumbling and begins to survey his surroundings. Every direction he looks, he sees nothing but endless blue sky sprinkled with rose-hued clouds. How high am I? I can't even see land. Is there land? What am I supposed to do? This is what Gaia warned us about. I'm gonna spend eternity falling because I couldn't connect to the source. Time to plan. My bracelet is gone, so I can't call for another portal. My clothes won't act as a parachute, and I'm already at terminal velocity, so impact is probably gonna kill me. Hanuel forces his head to look downwards and tries to scan what is below him as winds assault his eyes. Through squints and watering eyes, he finds a continued endless blue. don't think there is a ground to hit. That's both terrifying and comforting. If there is no ground to hit, then there is no threat of going splat. This is just a problem that needs to be solved. Failure is not an option. My team needs me. The city needs me. I will not let them down. You hear that, Source? Hanuel Yasao will not spend eternity here. You better come out and tell me what you want from me! I'm so proud of you, my little Zephyr. I had a good feeling about you since the moment you connected to the Source. Swirling pink clouds rush around Hanuel, slowing his descent. The clouds coalesce on his forearms and calves, taking the shape of cloud-like flotation devices. His speed decreases until he is left floating near a large cloud formation. Thanks? The floaties are definitely appreciated. Are you the source? The clouds near Hanuel begin morphing and changing size until they resemble a two-story tall alicorn. The giant creature's wings spring out and slowly flap as its horned head lowers to stare directly at the hovering teen. The source? Me? No. I'm the wings of creation. I'm so excited to meet you. Can I ask you a question? Uh, sure? You did not succumb to fear as you fell, even though there was nothing to offer you hope. Why? Being afraid wasn't an option. My friends and family need me to succeed, and I'll do anything for them. Even fall for eternity. I have the power to help them, and I will, no matter the challenge. Compassion binds us to each other, not in pity or patronizingly, but as beings who have hope for the future. Tell me, what gives you hope for the future? What gives me the most hope every day is my friends. 
Knowing that they'll be by my side gives me the strength for whatever I have to face. Knowing that, nothing can stand against us when we work together. Will we win every fight? No. But we will fight every battle. You have so much faith in these friends. What happens when they let you down, as friends are known to do from time to time? I have loyalty running through my bloodstream. When I lock into someone, you can't get me away from them because I commit that thoroughly. I take things like honor and loyalty seriously. It's more important to me than any materialistic thing or any fame I could have. Exactly. I knew you got it. Even if I manifested you myself, I couldn't be happier. You and I are going to get along splendidly, little Zephyr. Gwen steps out of the portal and finds herself on an ice float, drifting in a large body of water. Snow lightly falls as she slowly begins to explore her environment. How is it snowing but not cold? I know the source is magical, but this defies the laws of physics! Jay must be losing their mind! This place is amazing! A small water spout forms in front of Gwen. The small spout begins to grow exponentially until a massive typhoon is raging right in front of her. Hello, I'm Gu- I do not need to know your name. I'm the Claws of the Red Life. Are you prepared to fight for your life, little droplet? I'm ready for anything. The typhoon begins to slow and takes the form of a water dragon with a long spined body extending into the ocean. Its clawed hands, arm length hair hanging from its neck, sharp black scales and flaming red eyes present a ferocious sight. The world you're entering isn't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you think you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. What makes you think you're up to the challenge? So many people believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. So many more people doubted me and motivated me every single day to be who I am. I've lost track of how many times I've failed and I've always gotten back up. I've been through the toughest times, but I'm still standing. You have what you think it takes to lead your motley crew. The challenges you face will seem unsurmountable. Adaptability is the difference between success and failure. Very often it will be the difference between life and death. Why is this on me? This is who you are. Your entire journey has made you the one to lead. The most successful people are those who accept and adapt to constant change. This adaptability requires a degree of flexibility and perseverance most people can't manage. Is this not you? Am I wrong? I can do this. I won't lie, we might fail on occasion. But we will never give up. I promise you one thing, a lot of good will come out of this. You will never see anyone work as hard as I will to make sure we succeed. 
Benny slowly pulls himself onto the summit of the mountain and stares up at the red sun overhead. Are you happy? I climbed your stupid mountain! Turning his head to the side, he finds he is alone at the top of the mountain. I'm not climbing down. If this is where I stay for all of eternity, then so be it. Staring up at the sun, Benny's expression changes from defeated to perplexed as the large ball of red energy sprouts wings and slowly starts descending towards him. The fiery mass is 20 meters in diameter, and though it's clearly made of fire, it emanates no heat. As it grows closer, Benny stares, transfixed. In addition to its large wings, it sprouts massive talons and a ferocious head. Sitting up, he watches an enormous fiery red phoenix land in front of him. Look at you, my lemur, burning so hot. The passion that radiates from you is truly awe-inspiring. But you are not the fire that I seek. You are burning uncontrolled like a wildfire, destroying everything in your path. Justice is not unbridled, nor is it uncontrolled. What is the name of this misguided lemur that has chosen to bother the cry of justice? Benny. Benny Humo. I'm here because we need your help. Do you truly understand what justice is? What? There's a giant monster attacking my city. I don't have time for a vocabulary lesson. Time is relevant here. What is justice? What you deserve. And have you gotten what you deserve? Was there justice for the crimes you committed? Was it just when your friend took the blame for your actions? I didn't ask him to do that. He did that on his own. And now he's in trouble once again for something you were a part of. Is that just? Okay, I get it. I'm not the best judge of what is just. I can't reward you for having only one of my virtues. I've never been a great person. And I may never be, but I'm trying. And you believe that trying should be enough to grant you access to my power? My bad choices don't wash out the good ones. Just like I know my good choices don't wash away all the crap I've pulled. But every day, I think I'm a little better. Hanging out with Jay, Scarlet, Gwen, and Hanuel makes me better. Being a guardian makes me better. I can be who you want me to be. I just need you to trust me and give me time. The just man is not the product of a day, but of a long, brooding, and painful birth. To become a power for justice, a man must first pass through experience 
which leads him to see things in their different aspects. It is necessary that he acquire the ability of putting himself in the place of others and appreciating them. You, little Ember, seem to be exactly this. These things we're fighting aren't going to be stopped with hugs and conversations. The others don't see it. But there are going to be times we need to be the aggressors and fight back harder. Returning hate for hate multiplies hate. Adding deeper darkness to the world. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only the flame of justice can do that. I can be your flame. I can do this. I won't let you or the team down. Let us hope so. Because if you're wrong, you'll burn out in the blink of an eye. to a full-fledged industrial revolution in less than an hour! Oh, they should be developing flight any moment now! I wonder if there are any other little colonies around here. Are you always this way? Ah, boulders can talk! Why shouldn't they talk? I'm in a magical plane that I got to by walking through a ley line portal. Of course inanimate objects can talk. You aren't very observant, are you? That is quite a comment coming from a sapien stone. Do you even have ocular capabilities? There is more than one way to see, little sprout. But for your inquiry, yes, I have eyes. Legs as thick as tree trunks sprout from the boulder, and it slowly begins to rotate. Slowly, an enormous head comes into view and lowers itself to eye level with Jay. Now, do you have a name? Or is little Sprout fine? I'm Jay Terra. And what... what should I call you? I'm known as the Rock that Supports. You are not what I expected. <laughs> I get that a lot. I can't say that I expected to talk with a giant turtle today, but anyway, I need your assistance. There is a gargantuan cephalopod attacking and- Have you decided spending hours watching ants was a good use of time? My poor judgement aside, our current level of weaponry has been less than effective, and we need an upgrade. You think I'm merely a weapon that you can just fire at a problem? I expect more from my avatar of ingenuity. Avatar of what now? You 
and your friends were not chosen at random to wield these gifts. You each represent virtues that connect you to the source. I see clearly that ingenuity is deep in your roots, but life has yet to sprout. You must make space in your life for the things that matter, for family and friends, love and generosity, fun and joy. Don't simply go through life, grow through life. Life is just a chaotic experiment right now. What is chaos if not unbridled ingenuity? Where you struggle, my little one, is that you are afraid to let others into your life. You must open yourself to the entire life experience. Did you learn nothing from the ants? Individually, they would never have been able to accomplish anything. In my experience, life isn't always fair or kind to me. I've gone through enough to know that I have to be cautious about how I perceive things. that there is pain in life, but sometimes it is necessary for us to have that pain, so we can truly appreciate the good. The strides you have made with your friends have been remarkable, but you still hold the wall. Until you are able to drop that wall, you will never truly be living. It's not just something I can shut off. You're asking me to unlearn a lifetime of learned behavior. That wall has stood for quite a long time and you know, been knocked over. The bricks have to be taken down one by one. I have faith in you, little Sprout. You will take root and flourish if you remember that life must be lived, not experienced. I will! No, wait. I am not so arrogant as to make such a definitive statement. This isn't a Yoda situation. There has to be nuance. I promise you, I will afford this all the dedication that I give my academic pursuits. An exhausted and frustrated Scarlet dives after a flickering beetle. Her hands close together, but the electric insect scurries from her grasp. The beetle perches on a branch of an electric tree and stares at the disheveled teen. <sighs> Oh, come on! 
I agree to your stupid game, but you can't cheat. I've already told you, if there are no rules, it isn't cheating. <laughs> Scarlet punches out and slams her fist into the trunk of the tree. She flinches as electricity races over her arm and spreads over her body. The tree flickers for a moment and the beetle falls into her free hand. The beetle tries to escape, but the electricity flowing through the teen hero freezes it in place. I knew you could do it. And it, it shouldn't have taken you a week. That's a little disappointing. If you hadn't been cheating, this would have been over days ago. I beat you at your stupid game, now tell me your name. Some call me the light in the darkness. You have learned lesson number one. Where there is no struggle, there will never be strength. Stop speaking in riddles! You think I'm not strong? If I wasn't strong, how did I survive this long? Hmm? My parents left me alone, and I'm still standing. Every goddamn day of my life is a struggle, but I'm still here. Little Spark, there is more than one type of strength and equally many ways of weakness. You have to overcome your fears and weaknesses if you hope to be my avatar. Did you ever think to ask for help? Got help from who? I'm the only person in this place. Are you afraid of your friends? No one can save me but me. This is a path I walk alone. It's not their responsibility to help me. I've made it this long without help. Stop, Stop this illusion of strength. You don't need it. Not here. Now. Only then can you know true strength. I, I let Benny in and he ruined everything. Did he? Your friendship was so weak that it was shattered by one impulsive act. You need to stop looking for reasons to be alone. I'm better alone. Strength is not a solitary thing. True strength comes from letting others in. There's no... Shame and vulnerability. Strength and vulnerability are not mutually exclusive. You want me to cry? Well, tell them all my problems? That's not gonna happen. You want me to be something I'm not? Why am I even here? I look at you and I see two people. The person you are and the person you should be. Someday these two people will meet. And you should make for one hell of a hero. And if someday doesn't come? It will, whether you're ready for it or not. Good luck, little spark. Seemingly mere moments after they entered their respective portals, the Guardians step back out. 
Johnny D clings to the side of the pier as the magma squid angrily makes its way towards the Guardians. The giant rocky cephalopod raises up on its tentacles and strides across the partially destroyed boardwalk. Glad you all made it. Was there any doubt? That was definitely one of the top five weirdest experiences of my life. Can we reminisce after we defeat this thing? Paladin's right, we can share traumas after we save the day. How do we get our titans here? I don't know how I know this, but I think we just call them. Yeah, I don't get it. I can almost see the control panel. How is this possible? It must have something to do with bonding with the source. Alright, let's be heroes. It's- Uh, excuse me. Would you mind if I did you on this? I've been dreaming about this my whole life. <laughs> After you. It's Titan time! The Guardians thrust their ringed fists into the air as they call forth their elemental titans. A beam of energy in their individual colors blasts forth and quickly travels out of sight. The Rocket Supports! The mountains outside of Dragon Cove rumble and shake as a massive cave mouth opens to reveal the rock that supports. The earth reverberates with each slow and deliberate step of the green mechanized turtle titan. A light in the darkness! Lightning strikes an open field, leaving a scarred and burnt ring. The strike is followed by another, and then another. A final strike cracks the ground, and the light in the darkness falls to the surface. The ebony rhino beetle titan radiates electrical energy as it scurries quickly toward its guardian. The winds of creation! Clouds swirl and merge into one expansive form. The colossal cloud solidifies for just a moment before the wings of creation jet through it. The pink alicorn titan darts and dives through the clouds before rocketing away, trailed by rose-colored jet streams. The cry that ignites justice! Lava erupts from the top of the tallest mountain as the cry that ignites justice takes flight. The red phoenix titan's massive wings take it high into the sky before it dives down, leaving a trail of flames in its wake. The claws that bring life! The water of Dragon Cove Bay swirls into a raging whirlpool. Large waves crash as the claws that rend life rise from the depths of the bay. The clawed hands of the blue serpentine dragon are tucked tightly to its frame as it swims with incredible speed towards the raging monster. That's an understatement. Check out my Mecha Alicorn. I don't know if I love its speed or color palette more. 
That right there. Tattoo that on my back right now. I definitely wasn't expecting to see this beetle again. At least it looks ready to wreck this squid. Now this is some serious superhero action. My dragon is ready to go full on Godzilla. With a tap of the glowing discs on the top of their bracelets, the teens teleport into their titans. Without thought, the young heroes begin to toggle switches and grip their yokes. Alright, let's keep collateral damage to a minimum, and keep an eye out for civilians. Ah, Captain. So are we just gonna skip past the fact that we all magically know how to pilot these things? I have two theories. One, as Gaia reintegrates herself into the command center, our tech is getting updates which are blow to our subconscious. Two, our time in the source created a psychic bond of sorts to our titans. Let's see how the squid likes a little fire breath! Nice. Let's try a horn blast. Great shooting, but you don't want to get too close. You think I didn't count for the tentacle length? How little faith you have in me, fearless leader. The forward tentacles of the magma squid shoot out and extend in impossible length, quickly wrapping up both the alicorn and phoenix titan. The mechs struggle to pull away, but can't break free of the larger monster's grasp. Not cool! Not cool! Looks like you boys could use a little saving. This beetle might be smaller, but it packs a punch! Did you just flip a Keiju over with your horn? The typical rhinoceros beetle can lift over 850 times its own weight. In theory, she should be able to lift over 120,000 tons! Is there anything you don't know? Now that Paladin and Sentinel are free, let's finish this thing off together. Defender, time to shake things up. One minor seismic event coming right up courtesy of a few mighty turtle stomps. Did someone order a cyclone? Firepower will melt those rocks. Now it's my turn. Frost attack will lock the monster in place. You want to finish it off, Knight? One point two one gigawatts of lightning horn ready to go. Lightning leaps from the electrified horn of the Beetle Titan to the imprisoned monster. The massive squid radiates with a blinding light before erupting into a brilliant explosion. Excellent job, Guardians. Send the Titans back to their elemental planes and I'll teleport you all back to the command center. Erailed and Hira stare wordlessly at a row of monitors and watch the titans disperse and leave the smoldering remains of magma squid. 
the dinosaur siblings turned to each other, both with wide grins on their faces. I want to make one! I want to fight one. You want to fight a 30-meter mechanical creature? You know, dear sister, I have nothing but respect for your fighting prowess. But that might be even beyond your capabilities. Do you not remember the iron-scaled dread beast, my doubting brother? It was easily the same size as the mechanical insect. I felled that creature with just my wits and my trusty club grand. A single wild beast hardly compares to the combined might of five piloted war machines. What do you suggest? We just sit and continue watching? Maybe message your pet human for advice? How can you be such a great warrior and be so short-sighted? Simply destroying these machines would be nothing but wasteful. This technology must be studied, and with my intellectual prowess, duplicated. After that, nothing can stop us. Does my little brother have aspirations of usurping Tyric Mir with a pack of mechanical beasts? I have never been more proud. I would never fancy myself a... Dark Lord. But... Tyric Mir's time has... Brother, you stopped speaking mid... The energy spike when the Guardians called their mechs was recorded by our ship's systems. These systems are designed to report any significant anomalies directly to the Council. Are you certain they will act? You have always claimed they were addle-minded. I was the one who established the protocol. I made it as automated as possible because of my lack of faith in the Council. There is no way that Tyrk Mir does not know there is something of value on the surface. I always knew your unhealthy obsession with efficiency would doom us. I could attempt to send an erroneous report, but that might only expedite their arrival. We need to awaken Harbinger. If we're going to be potentially fighting a war on two fronts, we will need their strategic mind. They are still recovering in the Vita Tank. Removing them early is not prudent. We should... They broke the tank, didn't they? The reptilian siblings rushed to the medical bay to find Harbinger stepping out of the demolished recuperation tank. The cyborg warrior's metallic body is glistening with spilled vitae. What have I missed? My ambitious sibling harnessed the energy you absorbed and created a behemoth. The Guardians now have mechs. I want to fight them, and as per usual, my overly cautious brother wants to capture and study them. As usual, my short-sighted sister has buried the lead. Tyrk Mir is on his way. The energy fluctuated created by the insipid guardians triggered a warning and we must deal with the Dark Emperor as well as our rainbow irritants. The scouts will be easy enough to subdue, but the issue will be when the Golden Wave follows. We must prepare for their tenacity. This behemoth, can you recreate it? 
Of course, we do not have another magma squid, but I should be able to create a device that works with another creature. Excellent. Run a scan and find a creature or make one. It's irrelevant. And what of the Guardians? They have upgraded their armament. We will have to activate the vision that endures. The two dinosaurs stare wordlessly at their mechanical compatriot. Why are you two not moving? Tirik Mir is on his way. I simply do not have time for your theatrics. As much as it pains me to question you, but what precisely is the vision that endures? It is the name of my titan. C.L. Jenny designed it for me as an engagement present. You have just said a string of things that make no sense. What is a titan, and who is C.L. Johnny? I... I cannot recall. It seems that your ill-advised attempts to reclaim your memories have started to bear fruit. It seems like my hypothesis about your tech being tangentially related to these guardians is true. Regardless, this titan will not only help us finish these guardians, it will also add to our armament for our conflict with Tyric Mir. Where is this weapon of mass destruction? It is hidden. Here. And empty field hardly seems like the ideal hiding spot for such a game-changing weapon. There is more to this world than what you can see, Erold. Once the local populace gives up its interest in the kaiju attack, we will set out. The Guardians step out of their portals and find themselves in the rejuvenated command center of the crashed alien vessel. The dim yellow emergency lights have been replaced by the bright lights and hum of electricity. The young heroes recall their guardian armor and return to their street clothes. Hanuel, Jay, and Gwen stand to one side while a disheveled and exhausted Benny and Scarlet stand together. What happened to the two of you? I was going to ask you the same thing. You all look like you went for a walk in the park. What did your Titans have you do? Have us do? They didn't ask me to do anything. I was observing an ant civilization for like a few hours, and then the boulder I was leaning against turned into a tested eye. Mine was similar. I just sat on an iceberg, and the water dragon just swam up. Was a little bit of a jerk, but nothing too crazy. That's all? I was free falling in an endless sky before the alicorn came and gave me cloud floaties. It was insane. Ant farms and cloud floaties? That's all you had to deal with. What the hell? I was stuck climbing a mountain for three days. I had to use my belt to latch onto shrubs just to make sure I didn't roll off a cliff while I slept. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Benny, that's terrible. How did you survive without food or water? No clue. I'm chalking it up to whatever magic mumbo-jumbo runs that place. You're being awfully quiet, Scarlet. Do you want to talk about what you saw and how long you were in the source? I lost track. I think about a week. 
Without a setting sun, it was really hard to gauge time. Plus, I think I lost a day when I stumbled into an electrified shrub and was shocked unconscious. A week? You spent a week getting to know your Titan? I wouldn't say I got to know the little bastard for the entire week. He spent most of the time mocking me and spouting riddles while I tried to catch him. The Source and the Titan spirits can be very... unpredictable. The teen heroes turn and see the holographic form of Gaia. Where before they saw only a miniaturized figure, they now see a full-sized humanoid form, sporting a stylized undercut and vest suit with knee-high boots, the futuristic AI smiles at the Guardians. Gaia? Oh, I knew you were upgrading, but this is simply astounding. Not so much an upgrade, Defender, but more of a restoration. I'm getting closer to my old self every day. That's awesome, because we have a ton of questions. Totally makes sense, Sentinel. Where do you want to start? Where did this all come from? Just how powerful are we? How old is the civilization you come from? Why us? Is there any way to take this stuff off? Seriously, Scar? What? I didn't say I was going to quit, but if some alien comes asking for his jewelry back, I'd rather not have to cut off my hands. All excellent questions. Hmm. Where to start? Where to start? I know... Every story should start at the beginning. The translucent being holds out her hands, and a small screen appears above them. A cosmos is seen as their view slowly zooms to a single planet. Over a millennia of your time ago, the planet of Ao has existed in a state of turmoil for countless generations. Chaos and violence were societal norms as warring factions constantly battled for planetary domination. For the glory of the Calhoun Order! The Maltosian Armada will never yield! Two friends, Pan Vahan and Jor Haldan, made it their life's quest to stop the chaos with the goal of bringing safety and order to their people. This duo, the brilliant scientist and the brave protector, spent years searching for an energy source powerful enough to end all conflicts. After isolating the mysterious source energy, Jor created a tool to harness the power. Are you sure, Pan? I can't guarantee this will work. Or if I'll even be able to bring you back. Jor, you've never steered me wrong before. I'll be back in a flash. Pan Vahan bravely entered the source and returned with a sample that would later be forged into the first Guardian Ring and Bracelet. The two lifelong friends formed the Praetorian Guard from their most trusted allies. Pan became Guardian Prime, the Void Vanguard, and led the Guardians into battle. Guardians moved across Ao and snuffed out all chaos, 
leaving order and peace in their wake. Over time, they spread their mission of order and safety to nearby planets, and eventually, the entire cosmos. So, the Guardians are space cops? There was no force that could stand against the Guardians. For centuries, the cosmos was essentially at peace. Sadly, the Guardians would be undone by one of their founders. Shor saw that even though the Guardians could eliminate all major-scale conflicts, small conflicts would still remain. Wanting to make the cosmos a completely safe place, they enacted harsher and harsher standards for the Guardians to follow. Where the Guardians once stood as a light of order and safety, they slowly became a beacon of fear and control. So, they're the bad guys? Does that mean we're working for evil? This does not bode well for our karma. Why haven't the Guardians shown up on Earth? If any place is full of conflict, it's here. You have been lucky to be on the opposite side of the cosmos. The Guardians spread, though slowly. They will come to this planet someday. That is certain. So this Pan guy and Jor are just slowly taking over everything. No. Pan Bahan would never let their quest be corrupted like Shor held on. They fought against the changes and were branded a traitor. With the might of the entire Praetorian Elite Guard gunning for them, they and Siljani fled with your prototype bracelets and titans. They both hoped to find others to stand with them and stop the Guardians, but they were caught. During the fight, Pawn forced Siljani into an escape pod and led the Guardians away. If the evil Guardians caught them, how did you end up here? Pan overloaded the hyperdrive, and that forced my systems into a protective stasis. My memories end with the first hyperspace skip. Records show that Pan jettisoned the Titans towards their nexus point before everything shut down. Does that mean we're going to find a skeleton somewhere? I'd really rather not stumble onto that. Are you kidding? The chance to study these skeletal remains of an alien species, and you would pass it up. Whoa, that's dark even for me. Hey, that's Gaia's friend, not some fossil. Oh, frack, Gaia. I am so, 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 so sorry. I just got caught up in the moment and... Relax, Defender. That enthusiasm is why you were made a guardian. Don't ever diminish your fire. A majority of my scanners have already come back online, and you are the only organic material I detect. What happened to Pan is a mystery for another day. So what do we do now? Do we just keep fighting monsters and hope the Guardians never show up to take our planet over? No, we start preparing tomorrow. We don't know if they're coming in one year, five years, or a hundred. That means we have to up our practices and figure out a way to practice in the Titans without the U.S. government coming after us. The Titans exist on another plane in the source. Can we just practice there? I'm not going back to that place. You all might have had a good time. Mine was torture. Hard saying for me. The longer I can put off going back to that place, the better. 
Luckily, there's a simulator that we can use. Like a virtual reality simulator? Like a video game? How are we not playing that right now? That sounds equal parts exciting and educational. I'm in. I hate to be Captain Killjoy. Then don't. Our city was just attacked by a monster. Don't you think our parents are going to wonder where we are? I'd rather not give my dad a heart attack. My mom barely believes a study group story. She'll ground me for a month if I don't go home after a disaster to check in. Scar, you need a ride home? She's, um, giving me a ride home. She is? I am? I, I promised, uh, um, I, I promised to work on your truck in exchange for rides to school. Remember, Scarlet? She already gets free maintenance from me. What's going on? Jay, you're looking really sweaty right now. Why are you lying to us? Lying is such a harsh term. Out with it. <sighs> Jay, in their wonderfully dorky and awkward way, is trying to cover for me. My parents are gone. They left me. When did this happen? It didn't... It doesn't matter. The hell it doesn't! I need to know how long my best friend has been lying to me! Uh, two years. Two years? Two years? You've been keeping this from me for two freaking years? Benny, calm down. I'm sure she has her reasons. No! I'm done. I've been feeling like an ass since homecoming because I thought I hurt my best friend. Now it seems she doesn't even value our friendship enough to confide in me in a life-altering event. Gaia, can you portal me out of here or do I have to climb my way out? Come on, we can't leave things like this. Hey, let him go. When he gets this mad, there's no talking to him. A portal opens, and Benny quickly disappears into it. Alright, what are we doing about this? I'll calm down in a day or two. Not Benny. You. There's no way any of us are going to be able to sleep tonight not knowing where you are. I'm not sleeping on the streets. I have a place. School is hardly a place. I mean, it's a place, but it's not... It's oh, not like damn a- it, Jay! This is why I don't tell people things. I was fine on my own. You're not on your own anymore. You're with us. It's not a sign of weakness to ask for help from your friends. What did you just say? I know you pride yourself on being stronger than everyone, and you don't want us to pity you or think you as weak. Asking for help doesn't make you weak. <sighs> That's what the stupid beetle said, too. What are we going to do? You can stay with me! We have an extra room, and I know my mom already likes you enough to get into cahoots with you. We've been over this! Your folks will have to call Child Protective Services. I'm not going into the system. There isn't an adult that won't call CPS. Where does that leave us? I got it. 
It only requires a marginal lie, but it should work. My dads own a few apartment buildings and they're always looking for managers. All you have to do is fix a few broken sinks and change some light bulbs and they'll even pay you. What, and they're going to be okay with a teenage girl being a, what, their apartment manager? That's the one good thing about my dads. They don't care about your personal life as long as you do your job. Perfect! You'll stay with me for a week while Hanwell gets everything set up with his folks. I'll just tell my parents that they're fumigating your place and, and you have hodophobia so you didn't accompany your parents on an impromptu vacation. But whoa, whoa, whoa. I'd rather your mom and dad not think I hate gay people. That's homophobia. Hodophobia is the fear of traveling. Oh. I swear we need a thesaurus to hang out with you two sometimes. I'm glad you could square all that away. I will need time to prepare the simulators. 1,000 years of dust to clean out will take a little while. That's settled. We'll meet back here in a few days. The Dragon Cove Boardwalk is abuzz with activity as police cordon off areas destroyed by yesterday's monster attack. Johnny D stands at the destroyed railing that his food truck flew through in a successful attempt to delay the magma squid. The distraught entrepreneur takes a long swig of cooking sherry before pouring the rest into the water below. Tis better to have cooked and lost than never to have cooked at all. Yo, Johnny, you done crying about your truck. Desdemona says she's ready to record a segment. Young Reginald, until you have found your heart's desire, you will not know the pain I feel. Can I take that as a yes? The duo make their way over to a primping and preening Desdemona. The young, intrepid reporter takes a last look at her compact before snapping it closed and turning to her approaching subjects. Johnny, thanks for looking absolutely terrible. Thanks? It just means that I'm going to look that much better. Is the tripod secure, Reggie? Of course. You think I'd ruin my big debut? Just remember who the star is. This is Desdemona Sterling reporting in the aftermath of the latest monster attack on Dragon Cove. I'm lucky enough to talk to two of the heroes of yesterday. My good friend, Reginald Thaddeus III, and food truck aficionado Johnny Dakota. After I valiantly helped others escape the beast... What did you do to help the Guardians be victorious? <laughs> it was totally awesome. The monster was crushing everything in sight, and I was tempted to run, but then I remembered. I'm a dragon, and dragons don't run from a fight. Go, dragons! I ran from truck to truck, dodging tentacles and lava. I was like, bam, dive to the left, boom, roll to the right. Would you say your time leading the Vermilion Dragons to victory after victory helped you? For sure. Once you get through Stone Canyon defensive line, monsters ain't a thing. Most people know you're a slacker with questionable cooking and bathing practices, Johnny. What made you into a hero yesterday? A hero is a man who does what he can. I had the means to help, so I had to. Even if it cost me my precious Calliope. Calliope? You named the ratty food truck that you live in and serve your eccentric cuisine Calliope? She was more than that. She was where I aligned my chakras and communed with my muse. Without her, 
I'm adrift in the sea of reality with no safe harbor in sight. Well, you might feel a little adrift now, but I think my surprise might put some wind in your sails. Now, as we introduce my new segment that I'm calling Desi's Prezies, where I help the poor and the unfortunate be a little less unfortunate. I'm happy to report the citizens of Dragon Cove have banded together to help you out. Whether it was because they didn't want to see you sleeping on a bench, or they're hoping that one day you'll make something edible, they have all chipped in and bought you this. This crazy world goes out of its way to break your heart ten ways to Sunday. That's guaranteed. I can't begin to explain why the cosmos can be so cruel, or the energies that resonate inside of people, and how they affect the cosmic balance. But guess what? Sunday's my favorite day again. I think of what everyone did for me, and I feel like a very lucky guy. To thank the Cove community, next week you can get a free entree at Dragon Loaves, specially bred from around the globe. There you have it, folks. Our first recipient of Desi's Prezies. What poor, unfortunate soul will we be gifting next? Will it be you? Tune in next week. Animals scatter as a small craft cracks the surface in a desolate field. The hatch of the subterranean vehicle opens, and the trio of Harbinger, Hera, and E-Rail stride out. The mechanical entity moves with purpose to the center of the grassy field. The small velociraptor scientist feverishly types on a tablet, oblivious of the nature around him while his mountainous sister trails behind. I'd hate to be to dead, Erpus. But none of my array of sensors is detecting a facility large enough to hold this titan, or an energy source grand enough to power it. You have been saying that since we set out to this location, my skeptical sibling. Harbinger claims that this is the spot Allow them to show you. What happened to your sense of whimsy? Whimsy is for younglings and the ill-educated, my trusting sister. I pity you sometimes. The world is more than facts and concrete knowledge. There is a space in between that where the fanciful can exist. I expect more from you than to believe in fairy tales. Are you so vain that you can't believe there exists something that you don't understand? Here, this is the spot. I can feel the energies flowing around me. I use Brother, allow them to show you before you dismiss them. Thrusting their left fist into the air, the voice of Harbinger echoes throughout the immediate area. I call upon the vision that endures. I believe the Guardians use their other... Claw? No, paw. No, their other hand. Really, brother? That is not a critique, but... 
a humble observation. Do you honestly think changing hands is the missing element? We are dealing with something that defies science and logic. Who is to tell what is the deciding factor? My brother speaks the truth. We have no idea what we're dealing with, and there is nothing lost by trying. I call upon the vision that endures. Do you two have any other bright ideas? Could you be saying it wrong? Perhaps it's a verbiage issue? Or is the gesture wrong? There are katas that are very specific. This could be similar. Interesting hypothesis. It could be a very specific physical and auditory command combination. You are my love, the brightest star in the void. What was that? Oh, do you have the recordings of the Guardians? Excellent suggestion, sister. We could... Enough. Stop your incessant chatter and let me focus. There is something I'm forgetting. I can almost feel it. You are my love, the brightest star in the void. C.L. Jenny. Harbinger pauses for a moment before passionately thrusting their right fist in the air. As their voice booms out, the red hue that glows under Harbinger's metallic form flashes silver, and a beam of pure silver energy erupts from their fist. The vision that endures! The sparkling beam of energy's trajectory curves until a disk of silver light floats above three observers. The disk slowly expands until it is 30 meters in diameter. The fluctuating energy solidifies into a mirror-like surface reflecting out a sparkling cosmos. Well, baby brother, is this fanciful enough for you? By Revere's will. The mirrored surface of the disk ripples as an enormous mechanical appendage forces its way out. The three subterranean observers watch in awe as a mechanical humanoid titan 30 meters tall appears. Its torso is an impossibly deep black, while its appendages and head fade from darkness to a bright shining silver. Its face contains a single ocular disc, which pulsates a soft white light. It wields an imposing flail weapon with a spiked chain link connected to tri-metal blades. Now, we bring the fight to the Guardians. Titans is written and produced by Velvet Fiend Rabbit Productions. Our theme song, Thunder Sword, is written and produced by Ahmad Judah and Joe Chasm, with lyrics and vocals by Keisha Wallace. If you liked what you just heard, 
please head over to the podcast service of your choice and leave us a rating and a review. It truly helps more people find the show. Tubular Teeth with Titans features the vocal talents of... I'm Bri Zachary, and I play the Druidic Defender, Jay Terra. My name is Chris Van, and I play the Pyre Paladin, Benny Humo. I'm Tim Loika, and I play Storm Sentinel, Hanuel Yasuo. I'm Keisha Wallace, and I play the Hydro Hoplite, Gwyn Avalon. What's up? I'm Allegra Rodriguez-Shivers, and I play the Nova Knight, also known as Scarlet Watts. I'm Shane Cochran, and I voice... Erailed. I'm JJ Jensen, and I play Hera. I'm Michael Waldschlager II, and I play Harbinger. I'm Noah, and I play Johnny Dakota. Kyle Gould as Reginald Thaddeus III. I'm Shane Patrick, and I play the narrator. Titan Spirit Voices, provided by Adam Bellatane as The Rock That Supports. Kyle Gould as the light in the darkness. Leslie as the claws that rend life. Sarah Joy as the cry that ignites justice. And Mark Eberhardt as the wings of creation. <laughs>